Our scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark. Listen for the word of God. He left his place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. else I should say that I added to the, the, the service. One of the things I don't think was done here is at the end of the reading, the liturgist says, the word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. And thanks be to God is really a response from all of us. So next time you hear their liturgist say, the word of the God, the word of God for the people of God, thanks, thanks be to God. God. Right. A, pause. a pause between the scripture so you all are responsible for putting that pause. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the, the spirit will move you. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 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 Would you say that you're a person of action or a person of words? Do you prefer to use your hands and feet or do you prefer to use your voice? Would you rather 
set up chairs for worship, or serve as the liturgist? <laughs> Do you like to preach, but don't have as much passion for arranging the altar? Or maybe you are the person who stands up to recruit and encourage people to come to a potluck. Or maybe you're the person who would rather bring the casserole. So how about Jesus in this passage? Was he a man of action or of words? Both. Yes. Both. And in this passage, he was proclaiming the good news. And many times he was teaching to crowds. He was often arguing with religious authorities. And today's passage, he's mostly teaching and preaching. And he's in his hometown synagogue. And did you notice the reception that he got? It was not great. That's right. His hometown crowd could hardly believe what this local carpenter was saying. They were actually offended, and they insulted him by suggesting that he didn't have a father, that he might have been illegitimate. <coughs> so given this poor reception, Jesus actually leaves town, and he heads out into the surrounding villages to teach. So today, we have Jesus as a teacher, a proclaimer, a speaker, a preacher. Today, he is a man of words. Now, when Jesus leaves the synagogue and goes off into the surrounding villages, he sends his 12 disciples out, and he gives them lengthy instructions on what to take and what not to take, what to do and what not to do. When they're welcomed into a home, he instructs them about what they should do. And when they're not welcome, he tells them to shake the dust off their feet and just leave. Don't stay around. <laughs> Jesus gives them authority to cast out demons and to anoint those who are sick and diseased. The disciples in this passage, in many ways, are men of action. They put their feet to the ground and they go. So our Christian tradition has words for that describe action and speaking. And do you know what they are? In the Christian tradition, action is often described as work. But in the Christian tradition, we frequently call it mission, our mission work. And then speaking is often referred to as preaching. That's a kind of the larger term is evangelism. It's what I call the E word. In today's scripture, Jesus is evangelizing, and the disciples are doing mission work. Whenever Jesus is sharing the good news that God's love is for everyone, he is evangelizing. When he's preaching and teaching in a synagogue, he is evangelizing. When he is proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom here on earth, he is evangelizing. So we liberal Christians are Jesus' disciples. And as his disciples, as liberal Christians, what do we focus on? Mission. mission. Jesus' mission work. Yes. We focus on Jesus as the doer, casting out demons, healing a bleeding woman, walking on water, raising Lazarus from the dead, 
eating with tax collectors, healing the blind, we focus on him as a doer who is busy with mission. Now, we don't profess to think that we can do the things that Jesus did, but as disciples, we do have our mission work of helping others. We give backpacks to kids who need them going back to school. We give food to people who are hungry. So we do mission work, and it's really important work, and it's really good. But we liberal Christians don't emphasize Jesus' mission work. Actually, we don't emphasize his evangelism. Or when we talk about him speaking, we say preaching, teaching, but we don't say he's evangelizing. We forget or we downplay his evangelism. So when Jesus stood up in the temple and he preached and he taught, when he talked in parables, when he spoke about the kingdom of God, when he proclaimed the message, when he was teaching about the law, all of this was evangelizing. But for us, us liberal Christians, mission, mission is where it's at. We leave evangelism to who? The Lutherans. The Lutherans. We love the Lutherans. That's right. And who else do we leave it to? Who? Episcopalians. And? Baptists, Jehovah Witnesses. We leave it. We leave it to, say that again? Are you trying to say evangelical? And we leave it to conservative, fundamentalist, evangelicals, with a capital E. We, we are not comfortable with evangelism. And we certainly don't describe ourselves as evangelists. I wonder if Lutherans and Episcopalians describe themselves as evangelists. Yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, but the, do you think they describe themselves? No, they don't describe themselves. Evangelist, with a capital E, describes a very, very specific type of proclamation. And it's left to conservative fundamentalists. So what we have actually done is we've created this false dichotomy between mission on one hand and evangelism on the other. We think that you either do one thing or the other. And I think we gravitate towards mission because we are very anxious about speaking about our faith and about speaking about what we believe and about talking and sharing the good news. Or perhaps we focused on mission and not evangelism because we think that evangelism is what? <laughs> Pushing our beliefs on other people. And perhaps... We're afraid that if we evangelize, we're going to get the same response that Jesus got in the synagogue. He got run out. He got rejected. Maybe that's part of the reason that we don't evangelize. Now, I'm guessing you have heard this phrase that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Have you heard it before? No. Some of you have, some of you haven't. Now, actually, we don't know if he really said these words, and he probably didn't. But this saying has become sort of part of our Christian and religious lexicon. And I want to look at it really briefly here 
and I want to tell you what I hear when I think about it, when I hear it. When I hear, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Here's what I hear and how I take it. Preaching the gospel is about action and mission. If you can't do action and mission, then only as a last resort, use your words and evangelize. Maybe that's how you have heard it too. Maybe not, but that's how I hear it. And I think I bring my bias about mission over evangelism to my hearing of it. But that's really not what it says. That saying acknowledges both mission and evangelism as necessary. Sometimes the gospel is about mission. It's about doing. And other times it's about evangelizing. It's about speaking. It's really a balance, right? It's a balance between the two. I recently read a story that illustrates the balance between doing and speaking the word, between mission and evangelism, and I want to share it with you. A few years ago, Hugh Thompson was a speaker at the commencement ceremony at Emory University. And while the honorary degrees were being handed out, the expected speeches were made, and throughout the entire ceremony, as frequently as the case, the students talked nonstop. They seemed to not hear a thing that was being said. But there was one moment in the ceremony when they actually stopped talking and they listened. It was when Hugh Thompson was speaking. Now, he was probably the least educated person up there on the stage. He had dropped out of college and joined the Army, where he became a helicopter pilot. And on May 16, 1968, he was flying a routine patrol in Vietnam when he happened to fly over the village of Malay. Just as American troops were slaughtering dozens of unarmed citizens, old men, children, and women. And what did Thompson do? He set his helicopter down between the troops and the remaining citizens who were still alive. And he ordered his tail gunner to train the helicopter guns on those soldiers. And he ordered the soldiers to stop killing villagers. And his actions actually saved dozens of lives. And what happened to him then? He was court-martialed. But 30 years later, the Army awarded him the Soldier's Medal. And as he stood at the microphone telling this story, the rowdy students had grown still. They actually had been listening to them. To him. And then Thompson spoke simple words about his faith. He spoke of what his parents had taught him. They taught me, he said, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The students were amazed at these words of Jesus, words from Sunday school. Words from worship, words of Christian testimony, words of Christian evangelizing. 
and they leapt to their feet, and they gave him a standing ovation. Now, his story had credibility because he walked the talk. Hugh could have cut his speech short by ending it with him as the hero getting the Soldier's Medal Award. But he continued to speak. He spoke the word. He evangelized by sharing the news of the gospel that his parents had taught him which was right from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. We now live in a country and a time when religion is a polarizing force. But even within this climate, I suspect that each of us passes up legitimate, non-contentious opportunities to talk about our faith. Evangelizing means sharing the good news of the gospel. And to wrap up, I want to share something that happened here last Sunday. Last Sunday, we celebrated communion. And last Sunday, Glenn Hall was one of our communion servers. And as many of you came forward and dipped your bread in the cup of juice that Glenn was holding, Glenn said, God loves you. That plain and simple. God loves you. So my friends, evangelism means sharing the good news that God's love as shown to us in the life, the ministry, the teachings, the death and resurrection, that love is for everyone. God's love is for everyone, not just some. And my friends, this is the good news. Yes, we must show God's love by doing for others. And we can also speak the good news of God's love. Amen. Amen. And please stand for our hymn, number 542. Let's go with it. Oh,